All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Oh, yes, the classic Monday scaries. It's the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take presented by PointsBet Canada and Montana's. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Rosie, first and foremost, how was your weekend? Good, sir. Not too bad, not too bad. No complaints. Had the kiddos by myself and the wife was doing a little friend visiting. So no complaints other than that uh, pesky loss on Saturday night. It always sucks when they lose that Saturday night game. You got to wait too damn long to uh, to put it behind you. It always sucks when they lose to Boston, period. And uh, T-minus 11 days before Rosie hits Toronto. Is this like your first time in the T-dot in like, what, like 10 years? No, last year I did a trip with my son when he got kind of obsessed with the Leafs. So it was wicked. It was just me and him. We flew down, um, got a hotel right by uh, Maple Leaf Gardens there, checked that out. And we were just riding the subway all over town, Hall of Fame, CN Tower, all the stuff. And uh Went down, watched the game, and then went and met the boys after and everything. And he was like, he had his hockey cards in his back pocket, man. It was just, he was absolutely floored. But uh, but Matthew snuck out of the building before he could uh, he could grab him. Aww. So a little bit of a devastation for him. But uh, other than that, it was probably one of the coolest trips I've ever taken because he's nine. He can cruise around and uh, kind of run around with me. It was wicked. 
How often do you tell stories about playing in the show? Like, is this something you talk about daily, monthly, holiday period? Or is this like, I would bring it up every day, every minute, quite frankly. <laughs> Not just if it, comes, <laughs> if it comes up or if there's something that I remember. But uh, I don't know, it's yeah. just like anything else. You do something a long time ago and uh, whatever, it's just something you did. And if it comes up, it comes up. Uh, such a humble Canadian boy and modest at that. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a chat uh, down below. We'll get to that later on. Should mention as well, uh, we did have Claude Giroux on the show on Friday, so go check that out um, on uh, on YouTube. It's everywhere. And uh, yeah, give that a listen, give that a play, give it a like as well as we uh, get over the boards here. All right, so we're going to hop right into it. Uh, back at the TD Garden on Saturday night, Leafs and Bruins, second time of four this season, and uh, a late, late win for the Boston Bruins. That was sort of demoralizing. I thought Toronto played a pretty decent game. Matt Grizzlick scores with 116 left. But to me, the story, Rosie, without question, was the lethal turnovers. Riley on the first goal, Timmons on goal two, and Tavares on the winner. And quite frankly, you just can't do that against teams like the Boston Bruins, right? No, especially against them. And you know what's impressed me about this team is they've really limited that this year. They have not, uh, you know, they've not done, I think last year they were considerably worse at it and years past has been their Achilles heel and they seem to get a little fancy and yeah, they got lots of offense, but they're kind of doing those low percentage plays that end up, you know, in, in that league, when you'd make a turnover, that's the biggest thing I noticed from the American League to the NHL is the transition. When the puck gets turned over, it goes the other way so goddamn fast. And when, you, uh, when you're turning it over like that, it usually ends up in the back of your net. So against a team like the Boston Bruins, the way they're rolling right now, you just got to be playing tight and you can't be making those kind of mistakes. And ultimately, they just made too many of them. But, I mean, by far, they were in that game. It was, uh, it was a good hockey game, an exciting hockey game, and a tough barn to win for the visitors. So definitely that was the, uh, the difference maker for sure. And they admitted to that after the game and understood what happened. So tough one. I was jacked to watch that game to begin with. Saturday night, the Boston Bruins, mid-January, potential opponent in the Stanley Cup playoffs, two of the top teams in the league. And then Wayne Simmons and Nick Foligno dropped the mitts, and I wanted to go through my TV and go through a wall for these guys. I thought that was a perfect start to that game, Rosie. Yeah, that was wicked. I, it was weird because I, yeah, I had a buddy over too, and I uh, was all pumped up for the game, was ready to rock, and all of a sudden, like, it seemed foreign to me, man, to have the play go on. And you know I that, know. like, you you hear the crowd do something <laughs> and the whistle <laughs> yeah, goes, but nothing happened. Yeah. You're like, what the hell? And then it pans over and you're like, yeah. And I was like, this is <laughs> like, that is, it's like, it's our first square off of the year and like our third fight of the entire year. So I was, I was pumped too. And two old warriors and uh, veteran dudes too. And I have a feeling if Simmer wasn't at the end, end of his uh, shift there, that would have gone a different way. But uh, nonetheless, a good spirited deal. And I love uh, starting off a game like that, especially in uh, in Boston or in a, a barn where you got two rivals going at it. It's great to get the unique perspective of somebody who's been at the other end of like the neck turn, right? Where you look and it's like, oh, he's dancing. But uh, I totally agree with you. I, I think full credit to Nick Foligno for giving Simmons that fight. I think he comprehends and knows Simmons' role. He was buzzing around. They had Dryden Hunt in the lineup as well. A couple guys under the weather, as we know, the last couple of days. So that's why. But Felino has been an important player to Boston this year. I thought he was an important player for the Leafs. Unfortunately, he just wasn't close to 100% as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But 
I think it served its purpose and I have no problem with it. And I think the cherry on top was that little respect tap after the fight, man. Like I, I, I just always, I always think it's so intriguing and I understand it's a job sometimes. And I'm sure you're just as guilty as anybody else. Like, how do you scrap a friend? Like, I'm sure these guys said more than three words to each other. They played in the same team a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it's just, it's hard to compare to anything else, man. It's, it's not normal and it is an anomaly, I think, but when you're you're out there and you're playing a game and the only thing that matters is your team and your game and if you want to do that i mean it's hard to argue that that fight didn't set the tone for the whole game the whole game had lots of intensity lots of grit you know buntings in there i mean we missed the entirety i think it was after the second or maybe it was the first what was in, that, one of the intermissions the <laughs> all all kinds of stuff going on we completely missed it we're listening to friggin the panel yap about whatever the whole time and they're like and this is going on as we speak it's like well of course they're not showing it but lots of intensity and i think that that fight set the fireworks for the the tone of the game which i just love and it was a great game to watch high intensity the whole way but those two guys you know they're i really respect a guy like felino who's you know uh yeah he's just that's not his role but he'll do it i love those guys who you know i knew what my role was and i i stepped up and did it and that was kind of my thing but guys that don't necessarily have to every guy in the league could could add that to their repertoire and not very many guys do and a guy like you know felino and obviously simmons he's He's even more so. He's a guy that's, you know, played as many games as he had and, and been as big of an impact player on the ice as he had. And he still is feared and willing to fight anybody pretty much and goes against some big boys. And I just have nothing but respect for those guys. And, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, you give the guy a tap and say, and like, whether we're, whether we're buddies or we've played together or not, it's like, hey, I know that you're probably willing do you think this is time for you? Because it's time for me. I'm asking, let's go. And you shed it and you, you, you get that, oh boy, oh boy, here we go, here we go, here we go. And then all the energy dumps and you know you unload adrenaline and then all of a sudden it's over and you're like, who? And then you look at the guy and it's like, hey, respect to you, man. Like I, like, I love you or whatever the deal is, whatever your relationship is, when you know that guy, it's once it's over, you're like, okay, good. Like disaster didn't happen. And you give the guy a tap. And that's just kind of how it is on both ends usually. Who is your closest friend that you dropped the gloves with ever? um good question man uh honestly like high school buddies and stuff you're playing you're getting ready for the season and playing three on three or doing whatever you can and you end up breaking sticks over each other and mf and <laughs> each other and stuff like that but in in the big leagues and in pro i can't really think of too much man you you end up knowing guys just through people or hanging out at a bar or a charity tournament or a golf thing yeah. in the summer and you know each other and you end up and you've already scrapped is usually the thing and it's always the time where you go up and say hey how's it going and end up having a couple beers together and it just always seems to go that way with just a mutual respect of guys that are you know professionals in the game they all seem to just get it I get it too. Uh, so the Boston Bruins now 11 points up on the Leafs. They have two games in hand. Uh, they had to get that game. Uh, I think it, they're going to be hard-pressed to catch Boston. The Bruins just never lose. Uh, meantime, Matt Murray, uh, what was your assessment of him on Saturday night? He makes 30 stops. I thought he was awesome early on. I thought he made some big-time saves. But some. I, I hate to be this guy because my brother's a goalie. You know, you understand the sympathy of, of being a goalie and how hard it is to be a, be a goalie. But there was a couple soft goals. Like... And I understand it was a goal scores goal, whatever you want to call it, with Pasternak, the look off, and then he goes five hole. But I, I would have to think Murray wanted at least a couple of those back, no? Because then you look at the other side, Rosie and Allmark made some unbelievable stops to keep that a close game there in the third period. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, right off the bat, it was Murray in my mind who was shutting the door. He looked so poised. Like when he's on his game and it's like the announcer is, big chance goes on and Murray's just like, stop, like, see you later. Get that out of here. Like he's so calm and poised and big and in position and no scramble. And I really like him when he's on his game and he seemed to be dominating. I mean, that first shift on Marshawn was a backdoor bury. And I mean, he stretches over to get his glove on that. That was disgusting to set the tone. And, you know, I, I imagine the bench at that point is going, what are we doing giving up a chance like that in the first couple of minutes? That's just what you absolutely try to avoid. And you're lucky to have a guy like him bailing you out in those situations. But yeah, the Pasternak, I felt like, man, you got to take that shot and respect the fact that, you know, you you got the shot and hopefully they can take away that that backdoor play as a defenseman that was sprawled out there. So caught him five hole there. I felt like he was kind of caught a little bit flat footed and got the five hole. And then on that other one, it was uh five hole two. I felt like he couldn't really see the release. And by the time he got his five hole covered, yeah. it was too late. So I don't want to blame him at all, but at the end of the day, yeah. you know, he let in a couple extra that he could have maybe stopped or in a perfect world. And, you know, Allmark didn't. So I thought, uh, you know, what do you, what do you give him a, a B plus or an A and Allmark probably yeah. an A plus. So it's just the way it went. But at the end of the day, I don't blame him for the loss at all. I think, uh, you know, the turnovers were, were too much and you can't, you can't yeah. be doing that against a team that that's hotter. They'll make you pay. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, you, it's important to bring up that Linus Allmark is on pace to win the Vesna trophy. He's been doing this to every team, but I'm victim of it. I think a lot of Leafs fans are victim of it. Why does Boston always score that big goal? And I understand I'm not putting much stock in a game in mid January, but they always seem to score that big goal. And it always seems to happen against the Leafs. Like Grizz, like 116, I know it was a terrible turnover. We're going to get to that conversation in mere moments, but like they always seem to have the knack for the dramatics and the knack to score that big time goal. I just don't know why that always seems to happen. Yeah, I mean, we're hypersensitive to it. The, the, um, the history with the Boston Bruins and whatnot, we've come out on the short end of it for sure. And that's why it's kind of, you know, amplified in our minds of that team. But I mean, if you look at all the times where the Leafs have come up with the big goal, we just go, yep, that's expected. That's what we want this team to do. And we just move on. But like, I mean, Mitch Marner just scored that last couple minute huge goal um, a couple a game before yeah. there where he buries that from the left side on the power play with that wicked dish from Nylander. Um, no one's saying, we're, you know, we just forget about that and focus on kind of the negatives because we want to be perfect and we want this to be a big year and we want to go deep. Yeah. So I, I understand why it happens against Boston. I don't know. But right now that Boston team is the best team in the world. Uh, by far, everything is clicking. I mean, they're, they're coached, they're D, they're forwards, they're goaltending. They've got it all going on. And early on, we're thinking, is this a flash in the pan? When is this their true self? And I mean, we're mid-January here and they haven't lost two in a row. They are on pace for historic numbers. They're goaltenders, Vesna winning caliber. It's just, they are nuts right now. And if you want to take a positive out of it, I mean, the Leafs were right there with a chance to win the game the entire game up until the, you know, the 58th minute. So um, yeah. I think that if they do meet each other in the playoffs or whatever, it could be a very, very entertaining, high-octane series. And if it happens, uh, I'd be looking forward to it in a big way. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, me too. And nobody, and I mean nobody, could have predicted this from Boston, especially considering all the injuries to start the year. McAvoy, Marchand, among others, and they have not skipped a beat. Jake DeBrusque is out right now. Just uh, an incredible, incredible year, and there's a reason why they have two Ozon favorites to win major awards. Jim Montgomery for Coach of the Year, Linus Allmark for the Vesna Trophy. Montanas is bringing back the viewing party with daily deals in 2023. Monday, half-price wings. I'm all over this, Rosie. No, oh, why wouldn't you, man? Every every time they Let's show that, go. I'm rattled that it's like 9 30 <laughs> in the morning for me and I can't go smash a bunch of that at the time. But uh it always looks tasty, man. And yeah, those drink deals paired with some of that going on is uh is a good place to be. Okay, let's get to Morgan Riley. Uh so nine games since coming back from that knee knee injury. Um three assists, minus five, 19 shots on goal. I did some extra digging. I couldn't believe he and I I forgot he hasn't scored a goal in 29 games this year coming off an incredible year gets the big fat extension newly engaged he just doesn't look like the same Morgan Riley um there's got to be something going on with the knee obviously it's going to take some time but uh what's your level of concern with Riley right now um it would be lower if it wasn't kind of a whole season long thing and it's kind of almost going in the wrong direction so far um, yeah. you'd, you'd hope when he came back from that, he'd be an impact player, but he just doesn't have, he just doesn't have any flash. He doesn't have to seem to have the, you know, the body language or the facial expressions of like pure confidence of a guy that's like that top 10 pick. Who's like your, your franchise yeah. defenseman. He just doesn't ever seem to take control like that. Yeah. He can settle the power play down and be solid at certain points in time, but it's just not enough for what expectations are for him. You want him to be that, that that franchise player and he's just not and you take that and mix it in with the fact that we've lost Jake Muzzin there's a hole in the decor um yeah. it's not a gaping hole they can they've shown that they can get it done but if you're going to go seven games against that Boston team right there I think that mm -hmm. if I was you know I don't really touch too much on the free agent or I mean on the trade deadline and whatnot and I like to move the pieces we have right now. And if you can add something great, talk about it then. But I'm starting to think like you might need to be go shopping right now and, and try to get someone in there. And if that's a, a Luke Shen or something like that for, for a couple picks or something like that, I think that could very much work. Um, depending on your salary cap issues and, and Shenner is one of those guys who's not making a lot of money out right now and he's outplaying his uh his salary by a long shot so if you could add something like that where 
you can just you can just close that hole a little bit because it's it's not a gaping hole, but it's trending in that direction. And the last thing you want to do is go into playoffs and say, "Geez, I wish we had more." Because at the beginning of the year, we looked solid. Morgan Riley is is what he is, and is a is a very solid guy. And we're in you know mid February. He he hasn't scored a goal as a as an offensive defenseman, and you know, Jake Muzzin is, is probably gone for the whole year. That's a, a big hit to that decor. And I think that, you know, if we're looking and trying to put something together, I would, that's where I would look. I was going to text you on, uh, on Saturday. It sounds like Tampa Shenner's old team back interested in him contract year. Uh, he's having a pretty decent year for a disappointing Vancouver team. So I think if the Leafs want a guy like Luke Shen back, they're going to have to compete with the likes of Tampa who seem to get whoever they want at the trade deadline. Brandon Hagel, a big piece last year. Um, I know they don't win it, but still, it seems like every year they make up some some key pickups. Uh, I thought it was a horrifying night for the Riley-Timmons pairing. I think it's safe to say that we're not going to see them a lot down the stretch here, you would have to think. Granted, it's one game, and maybe you give them some time, but yeah, you're so right on Riley. Like He's missing that oomph, you know, that jump that we've seen before in his career. I thought last year arguably was his best year of his career offensively, defensively, and from the get-go this year, just hasn't been the same player. And now you compound that with the fact of a knee injury. It was a harmless collision, I believe, with Cal Palmieri in November and just has not been the same player from a point production standpoint. And when you're, you know, noted, as you mentioned, to be an offensive defenseman and you're not producing, it just doesn't look good. And then on top of that, defensively, it's been a disaster too. So to me, I think it just reinforces the ideology that maybe they're better served to go out and pick up a top four defenseman than they are you know, a, a, a middle six winger. Uh, and, and that debate's going to rage on for a while, but I think you're right. Like, they really, really missed, in my opinion, on Saturday, a guy like Jake Muzzin, sadly. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we're, we're seeing splashes of that that secondary scoring get plugged in yeah. and uh, some of that stuff starting to round off and looking good. I like the addition of Hunt and, you know, Engvall's chipping in here and there. Um, you know, that was a bit of a, a bit of a soft goal actually on Allmark there since we were talking about it. Engvall's goal, that was, that was a kind of like dude. almost... That was a snipe. A, it, it was. They said it's an 88 mile an hour snapshot or something. I, I was like, no, no, it wasn't. But nonetheless, you, you, you're starting to see that fill out a little bit and, and the hole is starting to show on that... Uh, that back end but I mean Connor Timmons has been great and then he has one one game yeah. and all across Twitter it's like I've seen enough of this Timmons guy it's like what do you mean you've seen yeah. enough he's been all we've been doing nothing but praise the guy for weeks yeah. and weeks and then he has a, a tough one against the best team in the world and uh, all of a sudden yeah. we've seen enough but we'll probably change up that that uh, pairing and it's just tough when you give a guy so much money and, and you make him your franchise defenseman and and then he doesn't step up to it. You're kind of handcuffed. And usually, hopefully, he's doing one or the other. Maybe he's shutting things down defensively and he just can't get on the score sheet. It's like, okay, well, as long as you're keeping the puck out of the net or else you're absolutely on fire offensively and you're putting up points and you're you're contributing to like game-winning goals and stuff like that, then it's huge. And, and you know, maybe you got a little bit of unreliability on the back and that you need to clean up it's fine but he's got neither going on right now and it's kind of like is our number one guy almost a liability sometimes but you got to keep going yeah. to him i mean you got to keep going to him but if he's shooting you in the foot more often than not all you can do is hope that he gets better and maybe you know compliment him with something better on his pairing but it's it's tough right now and again these are the dog days of the season and by no means are, are we writing them off or anything like that i just uh i hope he finds a spark here to get going because he's not up to expectations by any stretch i did the math uh, 46 days away from the march 3rd trade deadline it's gonna be very very fascinating in this market in terms of team needs uh, make sure to subscribe to the nation network youtube page also the leafs nation twitter at tlndc 
or the Instagram or Facebook accounts. Lots of great prizes and giveaways are coming your way later this month and year, courtesy of our new friends over at Montana's. Uh, I think the biggest positive, Rosie, out of the weekend was seeing number 34, Austin Matthews, back. And I think on top of that, man, he had some major league jump. Like, that's as fresh and as good as I've seen Austin Matthews play maybe in like two, three weeks. Yeah, and a good thing, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it looks like it was a good thing he took that rest. And, um, you know, he's capable of doing, you know, I was talking to my buddy who was over and it's kind of like, what's up with Matthews? And it's like, he's been good. He's been solid. He's, he's guys, his numbers are great and everything. He just hasn't been that dynamic, like, I'm dominating, like, I'm taking over. I'm getting three, four points tonight. Like, I'm almost single-handedly winning yeah. the game. He just hasn't done that like he did last year. And, um that being said, there's no worry or anything. He's still being solid. And you just know that at any point in time, he could step out and do something huge and get on that hot streak, like say Marner was earlier. And then as I was saying that he tucks that short side shelf thing. And it's only players like him that can score those goals where he's the only one in the building who knows he just scored. And it takes everyone else a couple seconds to, to realize what just happened. I mean, his hands up in the air behind that net and no one even knew what happened. And he's just that filthy where he can bury those things. And um, it's nice to see him take a highlight reel goal on something like that against a big team at a big time. I think it was to tie the game. But um, the thing I like about him the most is that he's not frustrated. He's not trying too hard. He's not trying to do things outside of, you know, the realm of what's realistic to try to, to try to get some fireworks going. Cause that's when problems happen. That's when frustration sets in. That's when mistakes happen and turnovers and whatnot. I think he's, uh, he's showing kind of some veteran veteran presence to, to, you know, keep doing what he's doing. He knows that he's good enough. If he keeps doing what he's doing, things are going to catch fire. And, you know, maybe this year is the year where he just waits till playoffs and then see you later. And how nice would that be? It would be fantastic. I, I almost want to say there's an unrealistic expectation for a guy of the oak of Austin Matthews. And obviously, it's unfair to hold anybody in the same breath as what Connor McDavid is doing this season. But you see Matthews score 60 and 73. It trains the mind to automatically assume he's going to do that every year. And Rosie, how hard is it to do that? I mean, there's a reason why we don't see 60 goal scores every day. Granted, there's a couple guys this season on route for that. But I, I just think from the get-go, it was an unrealistic expectation to expect that every season and this year specifically coming off a heart trophy, there's videotape, like teams react and respond and evolve the way they game plan. And pretty much what I've noticed this year is, is credit to Matthews. Like teams have said, you know what, we're going to handle Matthews on the power play. We're going to make sure he doesn't kill us. Anybody else kill us. And, and that's why I think you're seeing the, you know, the evolution of Mitch Marner a bit, because he's getting a bit more time and space, especially when he's out there with Matthews. Yeah. And I mean, I, I bought into it too. You know, you get so excited about that year and you're like, has this oh, yeah. guy just found a new gear that he's going to live in permanently? And it's very, very difficult to do when you have a season like he did last year. Not that I'm familiar with it in any stretch, but you can imagine you yeah. just get into this zone of, of just putting up nonstop goals and points and you're just in this, you got the blinders on basically, and you just have this sure. crazy season. And then, you know, you get a reset, some disappointment in the playoffs, a big long summer and you come back at it and it's like, you just expect him to pick off where he take off. I mean, that was special. That season is special. Mm -hmm. And to expect him just to do it again is, isn't really fair. And if you look at the stats on guys that have had seasons like that, they usually don't just follow it up with another one. It's very difficult to do. So um, I do not think that he's under expectations right now, but we are sitting here with bated breath, waiting to see if he can kind of kick it into that next gear again here sometime soon. And, and maybe it won't be, maybe it will be in the playoffs or maybe not at all, but nonetheless with his caliber, anything's possible.
Scores his 21st on Saturday, three shots on goal, 2008. Again, I thought he had some jump to him. I start to wonder if maybe it's time to give him a bit more look and uh, time with, with Mitch Marner again, right? I know the Marner-Tavares line has been really good with Yarncroke, but I think you almost deserve it to Austin Matthews to get his boy back in his line and get him cooking a bit. And they've tried everything. You know, it's been an exploration period for Sheldon Keefe. So at the very least, I would like to see that over the next couple games is maybe some more Marner and Matthews time five on five. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be good. And I mean, there's so much cam, you know, it seems like Nylander and Tavares have had have had it before, especially early uh, big time chemistry. I don't think you're taking anything away from anybody by mixing it up. And that's kind of the luxury that Sheldon Keefe has is is he can mix those guys up. There's so many weapons. It's like, how do I pair this today? And however you do it is probably not going to be wrong. But yeah, if, if, uh, you know, that's been the formula that's worked in the past with with Marner and Matthews and they messed around with it earlier on and, and found some other things that were working, won a ton of games with it, got a lot of guys, uh, you know, firing in the Nylander and uh, Nylander Math or Marner and Tavares have all had really, really great points in time where the chemistry is going like crazy. And, you know, to, to throw it back to that group, like you say, I don't think would be would be anything uh, detrimental to the team by any stretch. And maybe you find something like last year again. The wrap-up is brought to you by our friends of Points Bet Canada. All right, Rosie, so a fresh new week. I'm sure you took it on Friday. I told you to be all over the Edmonton Oilers, and they delivered a 7-1 win against the San Jose Sharks. So we're going to ride the momentum into this week. It is Martin Luther King Day in the States, of course, so a busy slate, including a lot of matinee games. I have my eyes on one specifically, and that's the Detroit-Colorado game. Remember that rivalry from like 20 years ago? Impeccable stuff in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's a 3 Eastern start time. Give me the Colorado puck line in that game. When I can find value the way I did in this one, plus 135, I want to be proven wrong. The Avalanche are angry, coming off uh, you know, uh, an important game for them. I, I think they're going to flex their muscles again here. They they won, I believe, what, 7 nothing the other day against the Ottawa Senators. I think... It's now or never for Colorado. First and foremost, I think this is a guaranteed win. And I, I very seldom say that on this show. But if you're going to take Colorado, there's minimal value in the money line. So I'm going to go to the puck line um, against Detroit today. Yeah, I think that's the best bet on that board by far. And I've been waiting for the Colorado Avalanche to, you know, kick it into gear and find their identity and really start steamrolling some teams and getting themselves in a in a better playoff picture because I think they're a better team than they're showing. And, you know, them against the, the Detroit Red Wings that are pretty mediocre, I think that's a good bet. And, and for whatever reason, uh, you're definitely getting good value at it at plus 130. So solid bet, I would say, uh, if I had to pick one off of there for sure. The market, I think, it just hasn't, it's not going to react until Colorado starts winning some games. I know they're banged up still, but like you still have McKinnon, you still have Ranton, you still have McCarr. They're going to go on a tear here, and I think we're going to ride their coattails for the next little while. So it starts this afternoon against Detroit. As we wrap, Rosie, a three-game week here for the Leafs starts tomorrow at home against the Florida Panthers, Thursday at home to the Winnipeg Jets. And yeah, they, they do play the Montreal Canadiens. It's been a long, long time since the opening game of the season. So I get pissed off about games against Arizona. I get even more pissed off when they lose to Montreal because it happens every fucking time. There's the first swear word of the show, and I think it was well-deserved. And I'll probably be on the Habs on Saturday against the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. 
they're pretty famous for dropping the first game of the year against them for sure. Oh, yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, looking at their resume there, I hope they can run across Florida pretty well. And then they got a really tough game there against the Jets. I mean, if you look, yeah. they're, they're number one in the Western Conference right now, which I don't think anyone was talking about them too hard or buzzing on them. And they've just quietly um, been a force in the Western Conference. So that'll be an interesting game. And then obviously everyone's looking forward to that Saturday night game against, uh, against the Canadians. And I just don't, eh, it's another one of those things. And the Leafs are famous for having things in their head. You know, their their yeah. games against Boston, their games against Montreal, and and their games in the playoffs, and just not being able to get across that finish line. But I mean, I think this team should be smashing the Montreal Canadiens. They're very young, um, very inexperienced, and it, it should be a, a cake—not a cakewalk. But I mean, if they come prepared, they should run over that team. So um, hopefully yeah. that happens. But like you said, huge week coming up, and lots to talk about. My 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 eyes are on that Winnipeg Jets game, though. I want to see what they got against the Jets and they had a really solid game to start that road trip in October against the Jets they looked like they were finally put it together and then they followed that up by uh crap in their pants on the west coast California there so um big week for the for the Leafs and uh we'll have a bunch of shows coming your way to uh talk about how it's going down I think that's the first time you've referenced the month of October in like two months because you always like (laughs) a don't talk about it or b just like move on from it so I I like that you brought us back to that ugly month of October way past it though and the Leafs feeling pretty good about life right now although it coming off a a disappointing regulation loss here to the Boston Bruins so it pick things up tomorrow the Leafs and Panthers will have a preview Rosie thanks so much for this bud right on we'll talk to you soon There you have it. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching Talk Tuesday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.